Welcome to Coffee with Romina. This is your host, Romina Muhammadai, award-winning leader, negotiation and sales expert, and your new favorite podcaster. Each week, we bring you inspiring stories from extraordinary people of diverse industries, sharing practical advice and tips on how to overcome career and personal obstacles, define your own success, and take charge of your own destination. Thank you for spending time with us today. Now let the show begin. Hello, my beautiful people, and welcome back to Coffee with Romina podcast. This is your favorite podcaster, Romina. First and foremost, I hope you guys are having a tremendous and a fabulous Tuesday, and thank you for tuning into our show. If you are brand new to Coffee with Romina podcast, welcome. If you are one of our loyal listeners, I definitely want to thank you for tuning back into our show. And you guys, don't forget to hit that subscribe button wherever you are getting your podcast juice from to make sure you do not lose any of our future episodes as well. And as a matter of fact, if you are listening from Apple Podcasts, go ahead and give us a five-star review and a short comment. So this way you'd be able to help the new listeners of the show to get a quick preview of what we actually do around here. And as a matter of fact... What we do, it's amazing, you guys. Today's episode is going to be one of those eye-opening episodes, I hope, for a lot of people, because my amazing guest, Alex Sanfilippo, which is the host of Creating a Brand Podcast. Creating a Brand Podcast is a podcast that helps entrepreneurs make their first or next move in the business be the right one. Alex has done a phenomenal job with the podcast so far. In fact, he also launched Podmatch recently, which is an amazing platform that allows podcast guests and podcast hosts to collaborate with one another and make just the podcasting experience a lot easier. I don't want to take too much time of this episode, you guys, because today we are going to talk about the entrepreneurship world. We're going to talk about the harsh truths of entrepreneurship, what it's like to find the right partner in business and in life, and how to overcome adversity when it comes to business. Entrepreneurship is definitely a trendy word, but it's a lot, a lot that goes behind it. And it's a lot of long hours entrepreneurship sometimes unfortunately does get lonely as well and we touch base on it with alex on today's conversation without losing any more time i will let you guys enjoy the show hey alex, how are you today hey romina i'm doing great thank you so much for having me absolutely so thank you so much for being a part of coffee with romina i know this might sound a little crazy you guys but this interview was supposed to happen last year and then life just happens with the podcast conference and then with covid so here we are a year later i'm excited for this interview but alex i kind of want to pass on the mic to you first tell us how did you go about having the career that you currently have yeah, so it, it's a it's a long story, and I'm going to package it up for you real quick here. The only thing I'll fill in is a couple of the details along the way. But for 15 years, I was in the aerospace industry. And for anyone listening, I was not an astronaut, I was not a fighter pilot, and I wasn't a skydiver, because those are the three assumptions. They're like, oh, have you been to space? No, I worked behind a computer. I ran a commercial operations division at a company that was a manufacturer for parts. And uh, so I oversaw five departments. I was a senior director of the company, loved the career, recently transitioned out of that to focus full-time in the podcasting space, which is a space that I absolutely love. It was a bittersweet transition, but today I am working as a SaaS founder and a podcast host, and they're two things I'm just really enjoying and adding a lot of value to people's lives. This show is sponsored by Sales Law of Averages online course. The course is a business development course teaching sales professionals and entrepreneurs how to master their sales funnel through sales and negotiation techniques. We all work hard on our leads, but unfortunately often fail to convert those leads to sales. Well, now you can say goodbye to those days. Order the course today at connectwithromina.com forward slash courses to get a deep discount. Receive access to over 40 videos, five hours of training material, and study 
study even movie negotiation scenes today for just $79. Use the promo code Romina, which is spelled R-O-M-I-N-A at checkout. Again, the website is connectwithromina.com forward slash courses and use the promo code Romina, that's spelled R-O-M-I-N-A at checkout. Master your sales today. So you, uh, I would say you're not new in the entrepreneurship world because you started at a very young age working little sales here and there, and that has built up over the time. Would you say because you got introduced to the sales world at a very young age, you are where you are today? Does that help anyhow? Yeah, definitely. You know, I actually come from an entrepreneurial family. Like my dad was an entrepreneur and that was actually my start in the aerospace industry. He was kind of a, a legend in that space. And so that kind of got, helped me get into that. And but before that, I had owned a company when I was in my teens. I started selling used golf balls when I was a kid. Learned to sell golf balls to to golfers, and uh, they always wanted to negotiate prices. It was really interesting. So I started like at twelve, really doing all that, and then it really developed. Obviously, as I got into that aerospace career for fifteen years, I ran the sales team for a long time, and just things that I that, that kind of came natural to me. So I've always had that entrepreneurial mind, and one of the reasons that I got out of that that industry was actually it got really big corporate, and there's nothing wrong with that. I just didn't feel like an entrepreneur anymore because a decision had to go to a board. It had to go to shareholders before a decision could actually be made and be seen through. So it went from when I started that company, I could have an idea, we could implement it a day or two later, and it was great, to six months later, they're still talking about it. And that's what happens when you hit like multi-billion dollars in a, in a company and you've got to keep everyone happy. And for me, that was what made the transition a little bit easier because I wanted to get back to those entrepreneurial sales roots that I had. Now, you also build Podmatch uh, while working full-time corporate job. Podmatch, before we even get into how did you do it, let's talk a little bit about what's Podmatch because it's exploding and you have thousands of members right now. So let's explain Podmatch a little bit. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So I did start this while I had a full-time job and that was okay. When I knew I wanted to transition out, I had to make a decision. I couldn't just cut clean and then be like, all right, what's next? Like it had to be a transition and that was a, a tough time, of course. Anyway, Podmatch is basically people together, but instead of for dates, it's connecting people together for podcast interviews. So it'll take a guest and a host and it'll determine what they're both interested in, what their expertise are, what they're looking for and match them together. From there, the people can message, they can match and they can book their interviews together. And the idea was just to simplify that process, which in the past, for me at least, was very painful, always searching for guests and looking for places to be interviewed that were actually a good fit. You can always find somebody who's willing, but was it a good fit was always the question. And Podmatch was really designed to solve that problem. Talk us a little bit about your access strategy from corporate America to building a side hustle. And then what did that look like in your plan? Yeah, so my plan would have been to actually leave a couple of years ago when it first like went went public and things like that. Almost immediately, I knew that, okay, as much as I love this company, I can't stay with it long term. And that happened about four years ago. Well, I had quite a few failed attempts, but I started them all very similar to Podmatch in the sense that I kept the full-time job and started something that would be a side hustle just to see if it would work. So I started doing a lot with blogging and web design and things like that. It's something that was a fun hobby for me. I thought could maybe be a business. Did not like it as a business, decided to keep it as a hobby. But it's one of those things that I went out there and tried. I tried launching a different product, a different service, and kind of kept on going and things just didn't work. And the truth is that's that's a real entrepreneurial story. Like anyone who's like, I did this and it worked, I made a million dollars. Like that's not the real story. The real story is they had a bunch of failed ideas along the way. And that's kind of what happened for me. So years ago, I would have wanted to, to transition out and just nothing stuck. When we launched Podmatch, I did realize that, you know what, this one has merit. We started immediately profiting. So we bootstrapped the company with $5,000. And four months later, we had made that back plus some. And we that was like my realization that, okay, this has potential. So when I left, 
Yes, I took a risk. After 15 years at a public company like that, I was making a lot of money and I had great benefits, like crazy things like your cell phone's paid for, your health insurance is paid for, all these things that like are covered. So it's hard to leave. And that's kind of the idea of corporate America, I think at times, is they just make it harder and harder to go the longer you're there. But anyway, uh, I made that that decision and it was a, it was what I would consider to be a calculated risk. Yes, it was a risk. I was going to take a 90% drop in my my monthly revenue, my income that I was making. But it was a decision that I knew, hey, you know what? Podmatch could be bigger than this at our current pace in about 11 months. Did I have the savings saved up? So my wife and I made some adjustments with our lifestyle. We started saving more money, spending less every month so we could actually float for a while without giving ourselves a paycheck. But it, it was a decision that had to be made. It was calculated risk. I sacrificed what most people consider to be a very good situation for a potential great situation. And it's a commitment that you have to make, but I believe that's that's kind of the mark of a real entrepreneur is actually taking having the courage and going for it. Now, you did mention that you also had failed experiences. What was the biggest lesson that you've learned if you can share one of those failed experiences with us? Yeah, to give you a big overview of it, I'd actually just say that not trusting your ideas. Entrepreneurs, many of us are very, very creative. I'm, I'm creative. I always have different ideas. Here's what I've learned about my ideas. Most of them are terrible. Like... If I can just be honest, uh, Romina, like they're just not great ideas. Like, and I need to learn that instead of trying to put them into action. So one that I did that with, again, going back to the web design one, because I mentioned that, I'll talk to that a little bit. The idea was I could build a web agency and instead of just offering the service of building someone's website, I would make real-time recommendations for serious improvements so they could better their, their actual, uh, I, I guess their, their traction they'd get with it and the, the, the conversions and things like that. People didn't like that service. That's not what they wanted. They wanted me for an actual web design. I couldn't bring myself to make people bad websites. I just couldn't do it. But it was one of those things that my idea sounded good, but when I actually put it into action, people hated it. And it's because I didn't have true merit to it. So when I, when I started Podmatch, what I did is instead of saying, ooh, I have an idea, I actually validated it first. I asked podcasters what they were struggling with. I picked an industry that I love, that I'm passionate about, and asked them, what are they struggling with? And when I did that, I was actually able to build something. An idea came from a solution that was already needed. So again, for me, it used to just be I would pick the wrong thing. I was just trusting my ideas instead of trusting a market and listening to them. So before we actually talk about creating a brand, what did you say are three harsh truths about entrepreneurship that people tend to fluff it up and not be raw and real about it? Yeah, an overnight success isn't a real thing is the first one. It takes years of, of, of grinding. It takes years of, of hard work. You have to give up some nights and weekends. Last summer when I was doing both jobs, I was transitioning out. There was like three months where I didn't go out with my friends or anything like that. I was at home working nights and weekends because I had a nine to five job as well. So that's that's the first thing I'd mention. Uh, another one would be you're going to have to learn really fast. So you're going to have to like really devote yourself to learning. Your capacity, your energy will be hurt from that. So you might have to get rid of TV and things like that for a little bit because that drains a little bit more of it. It's a tough decision to make. And the last one that I'll mention is that people are not going to like what you do. And that is just the nature of it. If you're doing anything like in a SaaS space, anything that is facing another human, someone is going to say something really mean or harsh to you about what you're doing. And, and you cannot let that get you down. I actually wrote a blog post. This is the first time I've even mentioned. I didn't even promote it. I just wanted to, to post this. But I had a really bad day this past Monday because it was just for some reason, that was the most negative feedback I've gotten in one day about what I'm doing. And it was just mean stuff. I mean, people would email me just cussing me out for no reason other than the fact that they just say they hate the logo or they think this is stupid or they would never use my dumb service, all those type of things. And usually it doesn't affect me because I know I have to keep on going. But it was just so much of it. I actually wrote about it. The next day, I kind of like, I journal all the time. I decompress. I was like, you know what? I'm going to post this publicly so people can see the negative side of what we're doing as well. Um, Because not all beautiful. Like, yeah, it's growing really fast and we get great reviews every single day. But sometimes 
We get some really harsh people. And that's something that people that are getting into entrepreneurship don't realize. And maybe they're not even prepared for it. It really stings a lot. And it can. That's so true, though, because yesterday was one of those days for me. I got an oh, email. Man. Yeah, it was not a fun day. I would say that it kind of got to me also because it was one of those, hey, you're you have too much in your plate, you know, we'll be great. We're actually taking this project from you to give it to somebody else. And I'm like, I can do it. And you end up just being jealousy from the other part. Hmm. So that's something that in entrepreneurship world, we don't actually talk about it too, but jealousy does also exist. And I want to also ask you uh, about loneliness and entrepreneurship, because I feel like this interview is going to be the most raw interview that we can be about entrepreneurship at this point. Uh, how do you overcome loneliness, uh, lonely moments while you're in entrepreneurship journey? Because you have that vision in front of you, but you do have those down days also. For sure. First off, Ramina, I'm glad that we're actually going here. It's so rare that a podcast host will actually go where we're going right now. And yeah, it can be lonely. I'll go back to last summer when I was doing both jobs for a while, which I think that most people, if you're going to bootstrap something, you kind of have to do that, right? Unless you just have an inheritance or like a crazy savings uh, stored up, like you're going to have to to work on multiple jobs. And last summer was tough. It was a beautiful summer. And we kind of, Florida came out of quarantine a little earlier than everybody else, right? So like the beach was open and I live just a few minutes from the ocean. And I can remember like Saturday mornings, my wife getting ready to go. She'd grab all the beach gear, which is literally my favorite thing to do. And she'd go meet 10 of our friends, which I was really happy for her to be able to do. And uh, at that point, she wasn't working with the with the business full time yet. And uh, I didn't want her us both to be sitting there. I'm like, that's not healthy. Like you need to get out. And uh, I can just remember, like, I can look out my window, I can see her driving off toward the beach. And I can always remember, man, like, that's really what I want to be like, I don't want to be doing this right now. And it would be lonely. I mean, there was weeks on end where I wouldn't see anybody. It was just me doing customer support, doing sales calls, trying to improve the product. And that's kind of the cost of beginning. Those rough days, what was really important, though, that I learned is I was able to, to perform better, to produce more when I actually did force myself to at least take a couple hours to get around somebody who is a really good friend to get around somebody that could really just kind of have a good time with, maybe go have a drink somewhere or something like that. Even if it's just a couple hours, doing that really energized me and brought me back to a better state. When we don't give ourselves a break, it, your, your loneliness can take over your energy. And when that happens, it just really drains you. And so for me, I had to learn to, to be willing to tell a few close friends. I had five people, five guys in my life that I told them, hey, make sure I hang out with somebody once a week. Even if it's not you, make sure it's one of the other guys. Like once a week, I have to get out for at least a couple hours to refresh and to really fight this loneliness because it can be tough. But at the same time, you've got to just, you got to buckle up. Like you got to go for it. Especially if you're going to bootstrap. Now, granted, if you have hundreds of thousands of dollars or millions of dollars in, in capital that an investor is giving you, it's a different story. But if you're going to bootstrap this way, you have to be willing to do some stuff that most people just aren't willing to do. Yeah, whenever you start from scratch by yourself, it hurts. Every penny hurts differently. Or like yes. I would say, or like I would say, whenever you buy the coffee with your money, it tastes a lot better. And right. I feel, like, <laughs> I feel like entrepreneurs also have to get rid of FOMO and start, you know, practicing JOMO, joy of missing out, because uh, that's one thing that also scares us a lot. Is oh, what is happening without me there? What is why am I missing out? But start doing JOMO, you guys. I'm just mm -hmm. saying, you'll start enjoying life a little bit different because you'll find hobbies, more hobbies. That might turn to business, but you never know. <laughs> right. <laughs> good point. I like that. That's good. Um, Alex, let's talk a little bit about creating a brand because like we like we're talking, you already start building from scratch. Okay. Like you did that hustle, hustle time while you work full time and a high executive leadership job too is not just a full uh, just not a nine to five job as well, because that doesn't require you just to do one, two, three, four, but you have a whole management, you have a whole department. It's a lot that goes behind it. Why creating a brand? 
Yeah, you know, I I knew I wanted to get into podcasting. It was something that I wanted to do. I had a secondary podcast, which I still have. We talked about that offline a little bit. And that was kind of something I've been doing for years. It's just a once a month, 15 minute show that I'm just talking. And And I really love that. But I realized I wanted to do more with it. I just enjoyed it. I've always enjoyed talking. Uh, you and I both are podcast hosts. We like to talk. And that's <laughs> that's part of the gig. And I, I realized this was like, I started this kind of earlier when I knew I wanted to get out of the aerospace industry. I never looked at my podcast as being the the means to the end of, of aerospace. But I did think, you know what, it gave me the opportunity to at least flex that creativity that I really want to as an entrepreneur. So it allowed me to kind of flex that muscle, if you will. And at the same time, I just, when I started looking for podcasts, I didn't hear any of them doing it quite the way that I wanted to to hear a podcast. So I was like, you know what? And so I speak to early entrepreneurs that are trying to make that first or next step in their business, one that's really healthy, that's the right one for them to make. And I do this through talking to subject matter experts and authors in the space that will really help them do that. And it's been an absolute joy. I love it. I mean, I haven't missed a week and I, I'm far, far in advance at this point, but it's something that I want to do as a, as a passion project, as you will, and just to serve the people that that I feel are really my community. And I, I love how you mentioned far, far in advance, because a lot of people don't realize that you have to do the content way ahead of time, because it's a lot more work that goes behind it. So when I tell people like, hey, your podcast is going to launch like two months later, sometimes they're like, what is what is happening? I'm like, no, we need content. As a content creator, you don't understand, like you need to have a whole schedule just for the content creation. Yeah, but, um, you're right about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a work on its own. It's a full-time job on its own. Um, I wanted to ask you some rapid questions regarding podcasting and PodMatch. Why not? All right. Let's do this. Uh, best way to pitch yourself to become a podcast guest. Make sure that the podcast you're pitching to is one that you can actually speak to and lead with the value that you believe you'd be able to add. That's a good one. Most respectful way to turn down a podcast guest. Great question. Most people just try to ignore it. That's better than saying something mean or harsh. But the best thing to do is to simply say, and this has to be truthful, if you look at the podcast and it's not actually a good fit for you, tell them that. Say, hey, I really don't want to waste your time or mine. I don't think I'm the right person to speak to your audience. And for that reason, I'm going to pass. Where will podcast industry be in five years? Oh, goodness. That is a question. I think there's going to be a lot more revenue in it that the big companies are going to be making, the Spotify's of the world, the Apple's of the world. I think that they're going to start trying to figure out how to monetize podcasters that want to get into it for free. I think they're going to try to find a way to in, uh, throw in their own, own advertisement or make you get a subscription of some sort of service. I think it's actually going to be a lot more dollars moving into it. And that's why I tell people to get in now. Hopefully, we'll all get grandfathered in. Or us that are more serious, more established, will kind of be superseded that from the, like the barrier to entry that's going to happen. Will podcasting replace radio? You know, I don't know. Like, I feel like it does. But then again, my dad doesn't listen to podcasts. I mean, I guess at some point, maybe, but all of his friends, my granddad didn't even know what a podcast is. But uh, he knows what an FM radio show is. You never use, guys. You know that app that you never use? And you have one on your phone. (laughs) Funny side story here. My my granddad was asking what I do. And I was mentioning the podcast. He, He just couldn't understand what it was. And finally, I was like, it's basically a radio show. He's like, oh, are you on AM or FM? I was like, never mind. Like, I just sit around all day. <laughs> yeah, whenever you try to ask my parents, oh, what does Romina do? They still to this day have no idea, even though I've been doing this for about a year now. They right. still cannot <laughs> explain to you what Romina does on her business. And then podcast is turning two years old soon, and they still have no idea. They just say she mumbles and she talks a lot. <laughs> so we'll stick with that. Um, right, so I don't a- know what happens to FM radio and AM radio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> start a podcast if... 
If you have a message you really want to get out to the world and you can't find anyone else who's already doing that. Facebook ads or podcasting to build a brand? Podcasting all day. Why? I, I just think if you're using Facebook, some people are really good at it, but most of us, you're just paying for someone to scroll past and maybe like something that you have or even click on it. If you're a podcast guest talking about the same thing, you have someone's undivided attention for up to an hour potentially that wants to hear what you have to say about something. I just think that's far more po powerful, even if it's reaching technically less people. And something else that I'd like to add to, if you think about it, you guys, the Facebook post, once you post it, it's only on Facebook, a uh, podcast episode, you launch it from your podcast platform. It's hundreds and hundreds of podcast apps, you know, wherever you get your podcast juice from. It's a lot more platforms out there that will have your message across. So that's another way to look at it. That's a good point. I'm glad you brought that up. Biggest mistake you've seen podcasters make? Not being consistent. So saying I'm going to do a podcast every week and after three weeks stopping, then doing one a month and then one a quarter, then maybe just disappearing. Consistency is really the name of the game if you want to succeed in podcasting. And my last rapid question regarding podcasting. One testimonial that have given you a push to continue uh, creating a brand that maybe you thought of giving up at one point. Yeah, I had somebody reach out to me and say it's what motivated them to actually start their business. It was a side hustle they wanted to do, but they just couldn't bring themselves to do it. And I believe the episode was with was with Chris Kermitzos. Uh, he's a, a podcast um, conference leader, and he has a book called Start Ugly. And we just talked about the concept of starting before you're ready, start before it's perfect. And I know that it really spoke to some people, and I got got a really cool testimony about that. Someone again saying that you know I finally am stepping out and doing something that I've always wanted to do, and that that for me that that's why I do this. And that's a good episode too because I listened to it when it launched, and I remember Chris just pretty much being very real of how ugly it started with a whole podcast conference. He, yeah. Like there was like you know a mess everywhere. He's like, this is not what I even wanted to do, but I still continued finishing that conference for the first time. And it's now it's global. It's where it's at. So that's a really good book too. And an episode definitely to give a listen to. Now, Alex, I definitely want to focus a little bit also into building an empire with the right partner because you and your wife have just been going at it. And I feel like you guys are a power couple. I would definitely call it because it's, Every t every month, it's something new coming out. So before I even ask you, how do you do it? I want to ask you, how important is it to choose the right partner if you are an entrepreneur, if you have the entrepreneurship spirit in you? Yeah, so this could go two different ways, like right business partner or right power partner, like as in a relationship that's also in business. Like wh wh where do you want to focus on that one? Let's go relationship. Okay, yeah. So first off, I, I think that everyone immediately goes to, to looks, which is definitely important. And this isn't like a, a relationship podcast. I'll be really brief with this, but attraction is important. It starts with that, but that can't be the only thing. And a lot of people get hung up on that. And that's kind of the world we, we live in, right? People look at the Instagrams and TikToks of the world and they look for just as pretty as they can. Looks fade, your feelings change, your style changes, other people's styles change. And uh, that's all I'm gonna say on that. So the first thing is like, you have to be able to look past that, but attraction does have to be there. For me, it's somebody that has different skills. I mean, opposites attract. We've always heard that. But looking at skills that are really going to complement each other really well in the long term. So for me and, and Alicia, that's my wife's name, we have a, both really good communication skills, but we, we communicate differently. So we've just always set a really good baseline of, hey, I'm going to say this and you're going to say this, but we're going to mean the same thing. 
And so we've just always done our best to make sure we have that open line of communication, knowing we're probably saying the same thing. So instead of just getting angry at each other, just doing our best to understand each other. And that doesn't always work, of course, but for the most part, it does. And we have this philosophy in our home, which is we fight for resolution. We don't fight to win. So we fight for resolution, not to win. And so if we ever have an argument, it's usually around communication because we're both good communicators. We just have different minds. We make sure we bring it back to, hey, we need resolution here. It's not for you to be right or me to be right. It's, hey, how can we get back on the same page with our very different minds that do complement each other right if we're communicating well? I know I just said a lot right there. It's kind of like a lot of strategy that goes into it. But really finding that individual that that fits you well is so, so important with those complementing skills. No, I love it because you mentioned fight for resolution, not fight to win, because a Mm -hmm. lot of times we are stubborn and we just want to have the i'm the winner like i want the argument and it's like mic drop but as a podcaster you're never going to drop the mic i'm just going to tell you that also because we love our mics but <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh but i think it's it's gold what you said because it's the ego also that comes in it so i also wanted to diverse a little bit into how is it running a business with your partner because business sometimes business stress uh it's it's a whole other thing But how do you balance that with your partner? Yeah, it starts first and foremost by setting an expectation. So you both have to come to terms with what's going to happen. So last summer, as we talked about, it was a lonely time for me. My wife knew the expectation for for me was, hey, I really want you to go out and have fun with your friends. I am not going to be going at all. And that was the expectation that was set. So she wasn't every week like, oh my gosh, you're not hanging out with me. We're not going on dates. We're not doing this. That That wasn't happening because she knew, hey, this is how it's going to be. We kind of both set that baseline. We set that expectation and we negotiated. I wasn't just like, I'm not doing it. Forget it. She said, okay, but once a month we're going out, you know, or once a week you're coming in doing this or you're going to go do that, right? Like we had to, we negotiated that, but it's really important first and foremost to set that baseline of here is the expectation. And then the, the biggest issue I'd say that comes into play, uh, Ramina, is when we, is that person can very easily become strictly a business partner. Like, Maybe it's your husband, wife, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever it is, but they can very quickly become in your mind just that business partner because you're both working on it. So it's very easy to to blend those lines of like, hey, did you already send that email? And hey, we're having dinner now, but let's talk about what we're doing tomorrow for work, right? That's really easy to do because you forget that that those are two separate things. So having that clear end time where you close the laptop or where you put the phones away, where you know, hey, we're not talking shop anymore, work is done, is really important. And the way that Alicia and I have been able to do that is we set office hours. So we have a certain set time that we both work, and we have a set time for collaboration. Because we are very close and and uh, and, and married, we're, we're comfortable around each other, It's it wasn't out of the normal when we first got started for her just to walk and be like, hey, I need help with this when I'm like busy in development. Or me to walk over here and be like, hey, I need you to send this email right now, and she's on the phone with somebody. You know, like it, that was happening. So we set, not only set a, a start and end time for our days, we also have office hours where we're allowed to interrupt each other and have meaningful conversation to grow the business. So setting those expectations, having those standards in place has been really helpful for us along the way. So uh, we'll say Alicia is now listening to this episode, which I doubt it. But what's the best lesson she had taught you? She's taught me to think a little bit simpler. I like to think that simplicity is part of who I am. But in all honesty, the way my, my mind is wired being really creative, I overcomplicate things sometimes. And she's great at bringing it back down. Uh, Leonardo da Vinci says that, that um, he says that simplicity is the ultimate sophistication, is the way the quote goes. And I think that she's a good embodiment of that. She's able to sit down and be like, hey, you don't need to do all that. We could just do this and we get about 80% of the results versus the 100% and people will be really happy with that. And sometimes like, oh, I didn't even think about that. So I tend to overcomplicate and she just has that a different, more administrative mind than I do that understands 
the shortcuts that can be taken that don't hurt a product or don't hurt the, the system that you have in play. So she's been really helpful on that. And I constantly go back to her for advice on that. I'll ask her, I'll be like, hey, I'm having trouble with this. It seems really complicated. And she can usually break it down in a different way. And that's really helpful for me. Nice. So where is a pod match creating a brand and everything that you're going on, which, that you're doing, where is this whole company, this baby of yours, I would say, going to be yeah. in 10 years? What's the goal? In, in how many years? Years. In 10 years. In 10 years. All right. So I hope to be a very established podcaster at that point. You and I both, right? You'll keep your show going as well. So at that point, I believe that we'll be some staples in the industry that everyone everyone looks up to. And hopefully we're helping a lot of people with that. So from the podcast standpoint, definitely that side of things. And with, with Podmatch, I'd really like to see it diversify into more places and ways that we can help different people in podcasting. So they won't all have the same name, Podmatch, but we'd like to break out into multiple products that could really, again, help people solve that need, make the whole thing easier for people. And of course, I'll be the test subject, right? Uh, I have creating a brand. I will use all the products and services as I already do, but I really want to see that expand. And the whole goal is just how can we make podcasting easier for people? And the main reason behind that in my mind is because I believe it adds a lot of value to the world, especially this last year. I know we're coming out of a pandemic now and it's probably overly talked about. However, that was a tough year for a lot of people and podcasts were a great thing for people to hold on to. They could listen to people like you and I, Romina, like they could listen to us having a conversation. That was really helpful for people that were alone and quarantined, right? Probably kept them stay, like staying sane. So for me, I want to see more of that value getting added to the world. And I want to make that as easy for people to do to get their message out. And I am so passionate about that. So for in 10 years, I really hope to be helping tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people in this space. So 10 years, here's a promise. 10 years, we're going to be top of the podcast world. Me and you are going to hold a conference with top speakers in Jacksonville, Florida. Why not? Because we love Jacksonville. Jacksonville, Florida. Florida. Come on. Maybe we'll be at an international airport one day. We will see. <laughs> I, I love that idea. <laughs> oh I think it's God. great. Yes, absolutely. I mean, Orlando, it's okay, you guys, but just bring it to Jacksonville. I feel like we're a lot better here. Just, you know. I agree. <laughs> 904. <laughs> uh, but I feel like we covered a lot of things on this uh, on this episode alone, Alex, because we talked about the real and raw truth of entrepreneurship and what it is like to fail multiple times and then succeed. And you still have to keep going. We talked about the real uh, core of podcasting, those rapid questions. I feel like that's definitely need to be highlighted. And we also talked about you and Alicia being able to build a business as uh, as a married couple, but also as business partners. And that sometimes it's not easy. I saw my parents build businesses while I was growing up myself. And that always sometimes I felt they came like business partners, not a marriage. So it's absolutely very important, just like you mentioned, to keep that balance and be able to have those office hours. So if anybody is running a business with their spouse, uh, definitely go ahead and listen to that episode, especially to that part. But I have the final questions for you. These are, not, these are the easy questions, I would say. <laughs> All right. <laughs> what's a new and exciting project that you're working on that you definitely love to share with us? Yeah, so it's around, I mean, obviously, I'm always doing more interviews with creating a brand. And that, that's every week that's coming out. But really, what's exciting right now is Podmatch. So one of the things that we did with our product roadmap, instead of going traditional, where we just say, here's the next 10 things we're going to let out, we ask our members, the people that are using the software, what would you like to see next? And the big thing that people have been asking for is a big enhancement on the actual matching side of things. So they want to see more matches and they want to see them continuously get more like come through quicker because it was a lot of evaluation in the back end with our matching core. So we found a huge way to make a big improvement here and that'll be coming out in the next few weeks. And I am really excited about that. Nice. And for you guys that didn't catch it earlier, again, Podmatch, it's 
the dating site for podcasters and podcasts. Okay. Like it's a perfect SAS system that will match you with perfect guests and be able to podcast to a whole nother level. Where can people connect with you besides Podmatch and creating a brand podcast? Where can people connect with you if they want to grab a virtual coffee or if they want to, you know, welcome you to their own podcast? Definitely. The best thing to do is go to creatingabrand.com forward slash free. I'm always doing something new with that page, but that's kind of where I push everyone. It's got like my social links, a way to connect with me, all those different things. So uh, creatingabrand.com forward slash free is where I send everybody. And for my uh, lazy listeners, I'll go ahead and put the link on the show notes. So just halfway, <laughs> you guys. I I'm mean, a lazy listener of yours, by the way. I go to your I go to your show notes if I need something. So thank you. <laughs> exactly. Uh, of course, I figure that's what I do myself. So I just call out other people, but I know that's like the easiest thing to do. Just to click right. away. You know, you don't have to read. You just listen and click. That's all. The coffee with Romina. That's what it stands for. <laughs> and my uh, very last question, which I'm intrigued by your answer: What is your personal definition of success? So success is a mindset, not a dollar amount. And I think that many of us, we get too tied to the idea of when I make this much money, X dollars, whatever that is, or when I have this house, or when I have this car, I will be successful. And growing up, again, my dad was an entrepreneur, very successful. We were around other business people that that he was around all the time. And I realized even at a young age that some of the most successful people I'd see around him were some of the most unhappy people. And I'm using success in the term of monetary success or their possessions. They weren't happy. And that's even at a young age, I realized, okay, success is not tied to money. It's a mindset. And I've come to realize the people that actually serve others the most, whether they make a lot of profit doing it or not, some people are not well off at all, but they are the most successful people I've ever seen because they they walk every day with a smile. They they love life. They love waking up. It's a blessing to be alive every day. And I've come to realize that that's how I want to succeed. So I read a quote on my whiteboard that says, I seek to be a person of value, not a person of profit. I seek to be a person of value, not a person of profit. And that to me really embodies what success really means. I love it. I, I have not got that so far. And everybody's definition of success is a little bit different. So I love it. I'm adding that one to the to the mastermind of everything. Now, Alex, when is your book coming up, by the way? Oh, no, you're calling me out my book, huh? I mean, <laughs> you know, might as well. Uh, you know, I, I, I started to, and I had a plan to do one this year, and then Podmatch just really started taking off, and I had to make a commitment. I actually talked with uh, uh, with Greg McEwen, who wrote Essentialism, and he really strongly advised me not to do that this year, and uh, I really respect him a lot, and I was like, you know what? You're probably right. I shouldn't be doing this year. So maybe next year... And uh, I'd like to. Initially, I told a lot of people this year wasn't going to be the year for it. And who knows? Maybe I'll still find a way to do it. But right now, can't focus on it. I've got to keep the main thing the main thing. And I'm really serving people with Podmatch. So maybe later. We'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll keep you guys updated on that. Thank you so much, Alex, for being a part of Coffee with Romina podcast. Any last message that you would like to leave the audience with? Yeah, just remember that although like we've been in quarantine for a long time now, right, that the best thing that you can do is get around other people. And that's so important to remember. Helen Keller says, alone, we can do so little. Together, we can do so much. And that's always really spoken to me. And that's why with Podmatch, we have members, not customers, is because together we do a lot more. And Romina and I obviously connected. We're friends. And we've been able to help each other as well. So I just want to encourage people, make sure you find that tribe and really get connected with them however you can during these strange times the world is facing. Thank you. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. And you guys, I will put all of the show notes and the links, uh, the links on the show notes. So make sure to connect with Alex. Let him know that you love, love his interview with Coffee with Romina. And we'll see you guys next week. Thank you, Alex. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it.
This podcast is a 6-7 Radius production. To learn more about 6-7 Radius, our services, and how we can help you strategize your marketing and increase your sales, click the service tab on connectwithromina.com.